Hey, what's going on? Are you ready? I know you're ready. Welcome to the St. Michael Podcast. Welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you for joining me on episode number seven of the St. Michael Podcast, One Man's Attempt at Business, Family, and Comedy. I am your host, Michael Agbajan, and as you could probably already tell, there's a little lag in my voice right now. Um, I don't know what happened. I don't know if it's um, like maybe like a light cold or something like that, um, but two days ago, I woke up. And my, my top of my throat was a little bit scratchy. You know, I didn't feel sick. I felt good. It might be allergies. I don't know. And then, you know, later on in the day, my voice kind of pretty much went out. So yesterday, this is, this is how I was talking when I was trying. I was like, man, I can't record like this. Oh, man, I got low. Welcome to sick. Man, I cannot talk like that. So what I did is I nursed my throat, pause, um, with some lemon honey ginger you know tea and different concoctions and you know i'm feeling better so uh right now my voice is at about uh 75 percent uh i have right now on standby my lemon water and honey mm-hmm. mm. that's really good and then i also have my um my uh my throat lozenges you know just in case you know um uh my my uh, throat gets a little coffee, coffee, you know? I don't want to get all coffee, coffee on you. But, yeah, um, welcome to this uh, great episode. Uh, today, I, I need your help a little bit, you know, because I'm going through a dilemma. And this dilemma um, is, okay, let me present it. As you know, my primary focus, business-wise, is the Water Boys. And if you don't already know, if you're a first-time listener, the Waterboys Car Wash is a mobile and on-site car wash service. It's a subscription service and on-demand service where we come to your house, go to your uh, work, um, and provide you with hand car wash services on-demand at your convenience. And for the last two years, we've had um, a contract with Amazon, and we service a lot of their vehicles in Dallas. So we've been doing that for two years and then a year passes and they said, hey, Michael, can you come out to Houston? And guess what I said? Sure. You know. And if you already know, I'm not sure if you. If you ran a business, you know, in another city, but trying to run a business, you know, in two different cities when you're not all the way at, at scale is really disastrous and dangerous. You know, but I told them, sure, anyways, right? Because, again, you know, um, you know, in business, you, you don't really have guarantees. You know, your, your, your day could come at any time. So you pretty much have to get the opportunities as they, as they present themselves. And, you know, we were already doing good in Dallas. And now um, they present us with an opportunity in Houston. So I said yes to it, you know. So. Probably for the last year, I've been going back and forth, you know, um, from Dallas to Houston, 
taking care of, um, you know, their, their vehicles, you know? So I have employees in Dallas, employees in Houston that take care of the Amazon contract, right? And it's, again, very difficult for me. But the dilemma I'm in is that this morning, they hit me with an email and said, hey, Michael, um, is there a way that you could, you know, service our vehicles in San Antonio and Austin? And guess what I said? Sure. Mm-mm-mm. I said, sure, even though uh, it's, it's almost impossible for us to do this. I'm, not, I'm talking about unless we put it further out, which is what I'm thinking about doing, which is maybe like, you know, I'm just trying to figure out how I'm going to make this work because it's hard enough going outside of your own city, you know, because, you know, the way Amazon sees my business, right? They see it as this, this is how they see it, as this large, beautiful business. But they don't understand that while it might look like a nice car on the outside, um, it's a nice car, but with the check engine light on. You see what I'm saying? You kind of understand what I'm saying? Nice car, but with the check engine light on. Like, this, you know, the business could, you know, bring me from point A to point B, but I ain't bringing this out of town. You see what I'm saying? This ain't that type of business. And so far, I have been bringing it out of town, but that's at my own risk. You know what I mean? And before I start taking it all over Texas, I'm gonna get that check engine light, you know, fixed. Because um, yeah, that's that that's how I feel like our business is, is that it's a very nice car, but with a check engine light on. So really we got our limits. But the check engine light, if you diagnose it right, what the our issues are is really our hiring process, you know? And I'm like, okay, how am I gonna hire the right people and not be near them? to make sure that they're doing the right job and not only in what we're already doing now, even locally, but also in Houston, I mean, also in Austin and San Antonio. So um, that's happening right now. And, you know, um, I'm gonna figure that out. I'm gonna figure out how we're gonna take care of that. But that's the dilemma I'm in because right now it's hard to find, you know, not really like, good labor because I don't want to make it sound like we're just looking for workers you know what I mean but like great employees people who take the job seriously and you know when it comes to hand car washing and detailing you know some may not see it as the most prestigious thing so you have to find that special person who not only has a passion for cars but you know somebody that works good in systems and you know, follows orders and, you know, it's consistent and uh, it's hard enough finding that person just as a friend, as just, a, just a regular person in your life, let alone finding them as an employee, you know, so, but I figured it out, I figured it out, but, you know, you know, uh, actually I want to talk to you about, you know, when you wake up, you know, sometimes I'll wake up with a plan and by the time I go to sleep, I'm laying down humbled because, you know, the other day, last Thursday, you know, I woke up with a plan. And that plan was, I was, you know, okay, let me let me kind of, you know, update you on it. That that week, it's been raining all week, Monday through, through Wednesday. So when it rains, most like that, mostly like that, when the sun comes out, we're so super slammed. We're so busy. And so this Thursday, it's a beautiful day. Just got through raining. Now it's beautiful outside. And 
I'm, my plan is that I'm wake up, you know, um, check, make sure everyone's doing doing their job on top of everything, you know, and then come home, eat lunch, and practice for my stand-up, you know, um, that later on that night at Backdoor Comedy. And it was a special one because I'm like, okay, I got some people, some friends coming over who are going to come see me. Um, some listeners of the podcast came, and I was like, okay, it's going to be great. You know, I'm going to prepare everything, you know, make sure everything's good, make sure you, make, make, you know, put on a nice, good show. And um, I was humbled. And guess who I was humbled by? If you've been listening, my employee, Kevin. He's our newest employee. And again, it takes about three months to get an employee acclimated to our system, right? You know, like getting them regular to how our system works because um, I used to pay my guys hourly, um, but they took advantage of that. Then I used to pay them as um, hourly plus commission. They took advantage of that. And the way they took advantage is like, you know, um, if you put hourly, they take forever on cars. Right. It's like every every man-made system I put in, uh, they unmade it. Right. So um, that's kind of like what happened. So now my, most of my guys. Yeah, actually, all of them are um, are commission only. But the commissions are fat. Right. Fifty percent um, plus tip. That's what they get currently. And um, it's been working out. Right. Because on slow weeks. The average pay they would get would be somewhere around uh, like I'll say four hundred, you know, not bad for a full full time. Um, and then on a busy week, you know, they would get somewhere around eleven hundred, twelve hundred. So it kind of balances out. So, and that that's not and that's not including tips. So, um, yeah, the, my my employee, my new employee, Kevin, you know, humbled me because I woke up with this plan that. Everything's going to go smooth that day, you know. Um, and again, he's already had issues of being inconsistent. He's only been with us about three weeks at this point. And, you know, week one, he went hard. Week two, did not go hard at all. Week three, came back, you know. And I'm like, man, the dust has not settled on this guy. But, yes, trust me, the dust has fully settled on Kevin. The dust has fully settled. And um, what has happened is that, okay, I use an app called Acuity to handle all, all of our scheduling. So every detailer, they wake up in the morning and they have a, a calendar. So they log into the app and they have a calendar that, that says, you know, where they're going to be, um, what service they're going to provide. You know, like the whole system is within that app, right? So I check this app to make sure everyone's on the same page every night, Right. So I check it, okay, everything was good, everyone's schedules are locked in, cool. So that morning, you know, but but the the the, the downside of the app is that sometimes customers, you know, they um they schedule an appointment, you know, let's say for eight in the morning, and then sometime in the middle of the night, they'll reschedule it to another day, you know, and I won't even know. There's no notification or anything like that, which they need to fix, but that's just what it is. So I look at the schedule and I see where everyone's supposed to be. So Kevin being our newest employee, I'm kind of, you know, looking at him to make sure he's on the ball. So he has an eight o'clock appointment plus other cars or whatever. And um, I get there in the morning to where his first appointment is supposed to be. 
guess who's not there? Kevin. So I call him. Sound like he's just waking up. And I was like, hey, where you at? We have you know your cards over here. You know, and he says, oh, I didn't know. I'm thinking, what? How do you not know? So I didn't see it on my calendar. So I was like, oh, man. Well, the cards are here now. I'm here now. When can you get over here? He said, I could be here in 15 minutes. I was like, all right, cool. So then he got there. And then I opened up, you know, the app to see, you know, his appointments. And they were, they were gone. The people were rescheduled in the middle of the night. And I didn't even know they were gone. So he, he came up there a, a little bit upset at my misunderstanding because, you know, he felt um, uh, I was coming at him wrong because I'm like, where you, you know, why aren't you here? And he's looking at his calendar and saying, I don't have nothing on my calendar. So why, why are you telling me that I need to be here? But either way, he came there kind of with an attitude, you know, and I was like, hey, is everything all right? And he says, yeah, but he kind of rolled his eyes and kept walking. So then later on, I was like, hey, you know, I just want to be on the same page. I mean, is everything all good? Do you want to talk about something? He's like, I don't, I don't like the way you, you came at me this morning. I said, what do you mean? What happened? He's like, well, you act like I was already supposed to be here for an appointment. And I didn't see nothing on my calendar. And then I explained to him about how people reschedule and I don't see them and all that. And I'm like, hey, it's a big misunderstanding. You know, my fault about that. But, you know, there are cars here now. Let's make sure that we're on top of everything, right? Again, mind you, busy, beautiful day outside. And, you know, he has a full schedule. But the first appointment that he had rescheduled and I misunderstood that. But he's there. So now he turned around his attitude. He seemed to be all right. But see, the issue is that, you know, a lot of his cars that he's been doing, they have been coming back. They've been coming back as you know not not so great right and customers have been complaining so you know i felt rather than just to leave him there unsupervised let me kind of be there and let me be a little bit more hands-on that's that that was my plan let me be a little bit more hands-on with them and maybe i could you know like see what's going on and why his cars aren't coming out the ways that you know that the customers are expecting you know so you know i'm kind of hovering around a little bit, just kind of like, you know, doing my own thing, you know, cleaning up, just kind of in, in this area or whatever. And then he finishes his first car, which is the inside out, right? You know, and in that service, it's all outside, wheels, tires, body, and windows, extensive vacuuming, cup holders, dash and trim, trunk clean, door jams, that whole thing, right? Just a full interior next to your um, basic clean. And this, that, that service you pay $50 for, right? And mind you, at a drive through you would pay anywhere between 7 and maybe $15, but we're charging like 50 So when you are doing that service, you got to make sure it's good, even though it's a basic service. But, you know, based on the convenience, based on the standards, and based on it being a hand, hand wash and all these different other type of, you know, uh, reasons is why it's at this price. So, you know, um, he finishes the car, and before I even get a chance to look at it, he, he goes ahead and parks it away from the light. So I said, hey, can you park it back? He said, sure. But he kind of had a little attitude like, why are you asking me to park the car back when I'm finished? So he parked it. And I said, hey, you know, I'm going to take a look around, see how everything looks. He said, okay, cool. So I look around. I'm seeing door jams filthy, you know? Um, and if you don't know what a door jam is, that's the part between the car and the door. When you close the door, that little foot 
part where you could put your foot. That's where the that's where the door jam is. I'm looking at the carpets. There's like, you know, crumbs all over the carpet. You know, the um, uh, the cup holder is filthy. You know, um, if you look into uh, the trunk, the trunk had all these grass, how you know, uh, grass and dirt and all that. I'm just like, what? This isn't clean. You know what I mean? So, you know, um, I look around. I'm like, all right. You know, to me, this car looks like, to me personally, it looks like a D on a, on a, on a scale from A to F. It's like a D because I'm like, if a customer came to look at this, they're going to have major problems because it's not at the level it needs to be at. So then I told him, I said, hey, can you take a look around at the vehicle and, you know, like, you know, in and out of it and tell me what you would grade this vehicle? And he's like, okay, cool. I said, now I'm going to tell you my grade and then we'll see where we're at, right? He said, okay, cool. So he looks around. I'm looking around too with him. And then, you know, he sees the trunk, sees all the dirt. And then he says, other than the trunk, um, this is an A+. Plus. I was like, man. And, you know, me thinking it was a D, I'm like, I'm already going to be nice and tell him it's a C. You know what I mean? So I was like, you think it's A plus? He's like, yeah, other than the trunk, it's an A plus. I'm like, but you have all these parts that are missing. You know what I mean? Like you're, you didn't get this part, you didn't get that part. He said, oh man, you nitpicking now. I was like, whoa, attitude, this guy has a problem. So then I was like, he said, what do you give it a grade? I said, honestly, a C plus. And he's like, a C plus, a C plus. And this is where the strategy went wrong. I don't know, maybe I shouldn't have had, I shouldn't have done this whole grade system in the middle of the day or start the day thing, because I already know, you know, if that's his work, ain't nobody trying to hear that they got a C, you know what I mean? Especially when you think you got an A plus, you know what I mean? So it's that C plus, C plus, you know, you know, I bust my ass on this car. I'm like, all right, look, I don't want to cause no issues. I'm just saying if the customer came down, he said, you always thinking that the customer going to come down with a problem. Like, look, I'm just trying to watch out for you. This ain't about me. I'm trying to watch out for you to make sure that, you know, you know, uh, your, you know, your work is coming out consistent to what the customers expect. And then he started getting a little bit more upset thinking that I'm nitpicking when I'm showing him like, look at the cup holder, you know, there's still dirt in the cup holder. Like there's still crumbs on the, you know, on the mats and things like that. And he's just getting pissed off, you know? And at some point, you know, during that, you know, uh, altercation, you know, uh, he gets upset and says, you know what? Um, uh, you could send me home. I said, I could, you could, you want to go home? I said, hold on, what's going on? I said, There's, you don't want feedback or whatever? And he's like, man, um, you told me this is going to be a job where no one's, no one's going to be on my back and look at you over here on my back. I'm like, well, I could be here, you know? And, you know, it's like, well, why are you on my back? I'm like, first off, you know, customers have, been complaining. I've already, you know, explained that to you. Customers have been complaining about your service. I'm just over here thinking that maybe I was too hands off when it comes to the hiring process with you. And maybe I need to be a little bit more hands on. That's why I'm here. But obviously something's going on when the customers are coming back. He said, man, customers ain't coming back and playing. I was like, they're coming back and playing. I was like, he said, what customers? I'm like, bro, in the last week, you've had four complaints. He says, oh, they're being nitpicky. I'm like, bro, they don't even know each other. How are they being nitpicky, you know? And um, again, this is happening on his first car. 
And then he starts getting really mad, really mad. And then I'm like, bro, why are you getting so mad? Is it that you only want positive feedback? Is that all you want? You don't want to improve? And he's like, how you like, yeah, everyone can improve, but this car is damn near perfect. And you over here judging it like it's not, it's not at, you know, at the right level. And I was like, man, you know, this isn't going in the right direction. So I look, look, what do I need to do to communicate better? Because I don't know what's happening right now. And basically, you know, he started getting more and more upset. And I was like, hey, man, is there another issue? And the issue that he really had was the fact that, you know, um, the week before is that he got a, um, a check. Again, this is his um, second week. And on the second week, he had a 40-hour schedule. He called out um, 30 of those hours because he had a surprise baby. You know, he said, he told me randomly that he had a baby, you know, and he had to go to the hospital, go see this baby. Okay, cool. Gave him his time. My fault. I didn't know about this baby, but apparently he did. So I gave him that time. And then he said that, you know, he's not ready to come all the way back to work because he has to do skin to skin and lay with this baby in the hospital. Again, I don't want to interrupt that situation. So the the 40-hour week that he had turned into like a 10-hour week or even a little bit less, like eight hours. And, you know, um, he was upset. You know, like the reason he's upset with all these other cars is that he's upset about the pay that he got for the previous week. And mind you, these guys are commission only. So I said, why how, Why are you upset? He said, Mike, for, so you tell me a whole week I'm going to get paid you know, um, $200. I said, you only came in like a few hours. You only did a few appointments that week. And he's like, but Mike, 200? I was like, for a full week? I'm like, you didn't work a full week. And that's when he started getting really upset. I'm like, what are you getting mad about? You didn't do the work. And there's this quote that I heard recently is that, you know, don't get upset, you know, at the, you know, at the results you didn't get for the work you didn't do, you know? And that's important that you have to understand. Don't get upset at the results you didn't get for the work you didn't do. But see, this isn't the first time that this situation has happened to me. This happened to me one other time and I could not understand it. You know, for the life of me of why people are, you know, get so upset at not receiving something that they never earned. Right. And, you know, um, there's an employee. I remember this is like in uh, 2014. You know, he's working at one of these locations and I schedule him for, you know, a full week. He calls in the first day. So five days, he calls in the first day talking about, you know, um, he has his high blood, you know, he has high blood pressure. He had to go to the hospital. Okay, cool. Didn't, didn't work that day. Second day, he said that he has massive diarrhea, can't come in. All right. Not even going to, you know, hate on that. Third day, he said he had to take his granddaughter to the hospital. He had to miss that day. Right. So then he worked two days. Then he got his check and he said, hold on, hold on, hold on. There's a problem with my check. And I was like, what do you mean? He says, you told me I'm working. You know, you, you said you're going to uh, pay me for five days, 40 hours. I'm like, well, you called in three of those days. He says, but I was but I was trying to come to work, though. I said, trying to come to work don't mean you're going to get paid, though. You know, you didn't you didn't do the work. And he says. So what? So hold on, hold on. So you want me to risk my health to, you know, for this job? I'm like, I didn't, I'm not asking you to risk your health. I'm saying that you didn't come in. So if you didn't come in, 
then what am I supposed to do? Pay for not coming in? He says, so, so, so you want me to come in with high blood pressure then to just for this job? That's what you want me to do? I said, bro, you didn't come in to work. So that's what you got paid. You got paid for what you did. You didn't, you're not, I'm not paying for what you didn't do. He quit that day. He threw his shirt on the ground. Man, work this job. I said, what you mad about? You didn't come in to work. You didn't work. So again, I'm revisiting the situation. I thought, how can I come back to the situation again in this? I thought I fixed these problems with my hiring process, right? I thought I've been picking people better. But see, this is what I'm here to present you to. You know, these are, this is what I call the signs of an impoverished mind. And if you don't know what an impoverished mind is, it's the signs of a, of a poor-minded person. Those are people that you don't, not only do you not want those people in your life, you don't want them in your business, you don't want them anywhere near you. You know, and these people that come into your business, you know, with, uh, with impoverished minds, mess up everything because you can't make sense to them, you know? So go back to Kevin. He's upset and he wants me to send him home. So I'm like, are you want to, you know, because about me giving him a C plus, which I really think is a D on his car. And, you know, mind you, I'm already looking at that my plan is messed up for today. And, you know, like I'm going I'm to try to make it work, but I don't know if it's going to work. But I already know my plans are just messed up all the way for today. So then we're going back and forth, arguing over this check that he says, you know, like that he that he worked last week. And he said, hey, you didn't pay me well that last week. And I was like, OK, well, that's what you worked. And. Because of that, he was upset. I'm like, okay, the first week you got over 600. The second week you only worked uh, eight, 10 hours. You got 200. And this week you're already up towards to $700. So to me, I didn't see any problem with what, it, what he was getting paid, but obviously he had a problem, but see, I'm not a mind reader. You know, sometimes you got to be explicit with what you got to, with your thoughts. You can't really think I'm a mind reader and I know you got a problem with something last week. We could have talked about that last week when I gave you the check. And when I gave him the check, I was like, bro, you know, you know, this is for the hours that you work. And he said, okay, cool. Had no problem. But all of a sudden when he got a C plus on his car, all of a sudden he had a problem with the check. So basically, you know, he has an attitude and then he pretty much walks off the job and, you know, before he even walked off. He was having all this attitude talking about, man, you know, um, people think I'm dumb talking, you know, just because I got tattoos, but people don't understand, you know, like I, I, I graduated high school with a 3.2 GPA. People, people over here trying to play me like I'm dumb. I'm like, okay, I'm not trying to play you like you dumb. You know what I mean? And I don't care about the tattoos, but obviously this is one of his insecurities. I don't know who's been telling him that, but he's like, nah, man, people think I'm dumb. Man. Then he turned around like, man, I need to, I need own my own motherfucking business. I'm like, oh, man, this guy just don't get it, you know? And um, he ended up leaving based on that misunderstanding, you know, um, in the middle of the day based on, I don't know if it's because he got a bad grade on, this, on, the, on the car or, you know, his pay from the previous week. But, you know, if he didn't earn it, then why are you mad? And I feel like this is this is the issue when you have a person with an impoverished mind because they don't they don't really get it. You know what I mean? They want to complain about the non-issue. You know, like he doesn't want to talk about the hours and the work that he didn't do. 
he wants to talk about what he what he expected to get paid for work that he didn't do. So again, it frustrated me. And again, because I'm trying to provide this level of consistency and convenience to the customer, I went ahead and I jumped in and did the work that was on his calendar so I could make sure that the customers don't see an interruption with their service. And this is why I, like when people say, hey, you should go, you know, you should expand here and you should expand there, you know, um, to different cities and states and all that. And, you know, it works, but it's just not, it's just not all the way there yet. You know what I mean? Because things like this happen and I have to jump in and, you know, it just makes it to where it's that much harder to expand. Like it's hard for me to scale when I have these surprise parties every day. You know what I mean? You know? And um, I want you to be able to avoid bringing these impoverished minds into your life. You know what I mean? Because uh, these people would drain you of all your resources. And um, I want to tell you the signs. Um, I want to tell you the signs. The first way that a person when a, a poor-minded person comes to you, you know, because look, when I hire, I try to hire based on what's who's right for this position. Design of the position is this. Who's right for this position? But what ends up happening is that sometimes I would hire with my heart, right? Which is a downside. You know, hiring with your heart and bringing somebody on, you know, um, that you shouldn't really bring on, but you feel bad for them. You know what I mean? You feel like, you know, um, maybe you should help them out because, you know, it looks like, you know, life's been, you know, hasn't been on their side. You know what I mean? Like it's been a little hard on them. So, you know, the first sign is a person who comes in desperate and um, desperation is uh, the first sign that I see, you know, um, they're desperate for your money. They're desperate for whatever opportunity you got. And they will take that opportunity and take advantage of you because it always happens because they're super desperate. They're, they're tapped out of all their resources and they come to you and they, and they, you know, they, they tap into your compassion for them and they, they put you in a position where you feel, let me just help this person out. You know what I mean? That's how you feel. Like, let me just help this person out, you know? And, and they, and these are the people who, so desperate for this job that they call you and they call you and they they call you consistently and they're bothering you about like, you know, they're following up. But, you know, a lot of times this is all like a front. It's just a, basically a front, you know, and you should look at these things and you should not be seduced by them because, so you know, look, when you tap into my compassion, like, man, Michael, I really want this job. I'm going to go hard. I got experience. I got all this, you know, um, you got to, Watch out for these, again, these red flags that come up with how desperate they are and, you know, for this job, you know. But basically, you know, um, this guy, you know, I mean, when a person comes in uh, super desperate, you know, um, that's sign number one, you know, to, you know, maybe you should wait before you put that person to your business. You know, uh, that's that's a that's a really bad sign. Second. You know, you don't usually see this, see this until you hire them when they get their first um, big check or when they get their tax refund. You can see how bad their spending habits are. <laughs> you know, what I mean, they get that first good paycheck The you know, a person with a poor, a poor minded person. First thing they buy Jordans, 
um, rims for their car, um, a grill, um, or go to the Gucci store. Those are the main places that they go when they get their first big check. I mean, look, I'm telling you this one guy I hired, it's not, it's, it's a guy named Chuck, and he got his first big check with me, right? So at this time for him, this is $500. He took that $500 and then he went to go buy a cash car with it. This guy didn't come into work for a week because he spent all of his money on the car, didn't even have enough money for gas. And I said, well, I called him the first day. I said, why aren't you at work? What's going on? You're supposed to be here at eight. He says, oh, I don't have any gas money. I was like, okay, you know, um, borrow from somebody. <coughs> Sorry. I was trying not to, um, I'm trying not to cough, but you know, it got me. But I was like, okay, where are you at? You're supposed to be here. He's like, oh, um, I don't have any gas. I'm like, okay, how do you not have any gas? You just got paid. He's like, oh, I just bought a car with that money. I was like, okay, then you didn't have nothing for gas. He said, nah, I didn't think I was going to run out of gas so soon. I was like, so why don't you take a bus? He's like, because I have a car. Okay, that don't make no sense. You already have, just bro, these things, it doesn't make any sense to me, you know? And so he, so his first big check, he buys that, you know, um, that car and didn't come in for a week because he didn't have enough gas money. And I know this doesn't sound real, but these are the things that people tell me. These are the reasons why I'm telling you that you need to avoid these people as much as possible because these are the same people who say, Michael, I'll go so hard for you, you know? These are the people who say, you know, um, uh, like, like who come in the first day of work and go super hard. But then after that and the dust settles, you know, they, 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 they start coming in late, you know, like, you know, you start seeing all the loose ends with them. And basically, um, yeah. So, you know, the bat, you know, when they get their first big check, they, they, they blow it on something dumb, you know, they get a grill, something to show, people around them that they got money, you know, or, you know, buy like some, again, like I told you some Jordans or something Gucci or something like that. Really dumb, really dumb decisions with their money. Right. One guy I had, you know, I want to say his name so bad, but, um, he had a 2002 Honda Accord. Mind you, this car, probably cash car, about $3,500. This guy spent $2,700 on rims for it i'm like bro you spent 2700 on rims he's like mike i'm gonna i'm gonna tell you that i'm gonna tell you this mike see you do you, you you use your money a little bit differently see i like to see my money mike i like to enjoy my money i was like enjoy your money he's like yeah i like to enjoy my see i don't like to just keep it in the bank mike i like to enjoy it because you know you only have one life to live i was like but yet you don't have a savings you want to make sure you have a savings he's like Oh, I still got a little something, you know, but I just want to make sure that I enjoy my money. I like, I like when I see those rims on that car, it makes me know, you know, that's inspiration to others. That's letting people know that if you work hard in your life, that's what you could do for yourself. You know, again, that's the mindset. And, you know, since then, and then that was that person who bought those rims, you know, on his first, you know, uh, major check, you know, I, 
I've learned from these situations of hiring and I said, let me just get away from it. You know, but, you know, so the first sign, desperation. When they're super desperate, stay away. Don't hire them. I don't care how desperate you are for an employee or desperate you are for a person in your life, but don't bring them in. That's a danger sign. Second, you're spending habits. When they have bad habits like that, stay away. Stay away because they're going to drain you of everything. Have you ever had somebody ask you uh, for money? And you're thinking, why don't you ask your family? Why don't you ask your friends? You don't even know me. You're asking me for money. They're like, oh, um, you know, they don't want to give me money anymore. It's like, okay, we tapped out of re- your resources with your family and your friends. Now you're asking a stranger for money. Pfft, red flag. Red flag. You know, um, and, the last, and the last sign of an impoverished mind is... Um, is uh is when someone's irrational, you know? And the way that you know when someone's irrational is usually the, the, the easy sign of them not giving a fuck, you know? When they don't care, you know, when a person is just doesn't make sense, it's just so irrational. Like they they again, like I told you with the guy Kevin who walked off the job, mid job, messing up the plans that I had, which always happens. Um, he was mad talking about, you know, you know, um, he had a baby that week and all these different type of excuses to why he couldn't come into work. But then he expected a large check or what he would get had he, you know, had he come into work and I can't pay you for, for something you didn't do. You know, that's just irrational. You know, I'm not, that's not the business I'm in, but yet I guess maybe they think, you know, maybe I'm foolish enough to say, Hey, you know what? This guy has a hard life. Let me go ahead and bless him real quick. But that doesn't happen. That's not going to happen. You know, um, but yeah, um, that is what happened with um, uh, my employee. And I, so he quit midday. I didn't have time to prepare. And that night I'm supposed to go up. Now I'm trying to hurry up and prepare all these things within hours right before. And I'm just preparing myself um, for a disaster, you know. And I try not to let life happen to me sometimes, but you can't, you can't fight it, you know, and uh, life happened that day and I had to put my best game face on because, you know, I couldn't go to the comedy club and just be like, oh, this happened, you know, early in the day and I haven't been able to prepare, you know, it just sounds like pure excuses. But right now what you're hearing is really transparency because this is what happens. You had these little hiccups that happened during the day. And you just have to put your best foot forward. While I had people who were going to come see me, you know, um, I knew that um, I wasn't fully prepared, you know. And um, I want I want you all <laughs> to hear, you know, um, how it went for me. Hopefully, I could. Um, uh, I don't even know if he's going to play it. Oh man, I was going to play it, but I don't know what happened. Well, sorry about that. Um, I was supposed to connect to my phone, uh, but it's not connected. But um, yeah, so that night I went up and uh, the the first joke I knew and I completely forgot the joke, right? The first joke was, who told women that giving head fixes everything? Because first off, it does, right? Because it really does. And uh, when I went up on stage, 
I said, who told women that giving head, this is how I was saying it, that giving head solves everything. And I was just quiet. I couldn't remember. And then I said, it does. And it was okay, you know. And then after that, I told a story about, you know, um, uh, a priest and a um, and a bishop, you know, is talking about how the, the priest asked the bishop, you know, is it okay if I smoke while I pray? The, the bishop said no. And, you know, that smoking's not natural. You shouldn't do that. And then he came back the next day to another head bishop and he said, is it okay if I pray while I smoke? And he said, yes. You know, praying while smoking, you know, pray the more prayer, the better. And I learned at that time that, you know, um, the way that you ask something determines, you know, your outcome, your result, you know. And I took that in the sixth grade and I asked the teacher, I said, if I get upset, can I use the word, you know, pho? And she said, pho? I said, yeah, P-H-O, you know, like the Vietnamese dish. And she said, sure. And then when she passed me my bad grade, I was like, fuck, man, fuck, man, fuck, man, fuck. And that was my joke. And it didn't go very well. And after I got off stage, <laughs> you know, because I, I made one more joke about, you know, like, you know, um, how to how to get richer. And, you know, if you want to get richer, do what I do and stop paying your bills. And I knew I didn't do very well. And I got off stage and, um, you know, I saw you know, my, my uh, the people who I asked to come. And I was like, you already knew it wasn't good because they were avoiding even talking about me being on stage, right? So I already knew, you know, I, in my head, that morning woke up, I was like, man, when they see what I have prepared, they're gonna think I'm the next Richard Pryor, bro. They're gonna think that I'm, you know what I mean? Like at that level and they're gonna be like, man, Mike, you're the next Dave Chappelle. But, you know, I was humbled because I got off stage and I was like, you know, we were just kind of chit-chatting. I was like, so what'd y'all think? You know, and the first answer was, um, uh, <laughs> he's like, <clears throat> you know, just, you know, um, when you get on stage, you know, just be yourself, man. I was like, man, that's not good. But, you know, it's okay. You know, um. I just know that that was on me because I shouldn't even prepare for something day of, you know, it just shows that I should be more prepared, you know, um, for these type of occasions for things to happen. But, you know, um, that's how life goes sometimes, you know, and, you know, so far, you know, everything's been good. Life is good. Life is great. Um, the thing I'm working on right now is that I have to, uh, okay, at the barber school, might not already know, but um, when our, you know, my two boys, when they were born, uh, they, they you know, got, you know, received gifts, you know, cash gifts and things like that from friends and family. And we took that money. We took that money and um, used it to buy them a Coke machine and a snack machine, a vending machine. And we put that, Vending machine and that Coke machine um, in the in the barber school, and that was to really help fund, you know, their future. And so far, they've been doing pretty well, right? Um, usually, they're probably making somewhere about 
you know, $5,500 a year, you know, with that vending machine profit wise. Right. So that all goes into their college fund and all that. And um, when they're old enough, they're going to, you know, also manage that Coke machine and that vending machine. Right. For both boys. And, um, you know, most of the I told you about the construction being 90 percent done you know, for the upgrades that we're making to the barber school. And we moved the Coke machine and we moved the vending machine. And somewhere during that move, um, the, the bill acceptor, the dollar bill acceptor to the vending machine went out, you know, and uh, that messes with the consistency of their money, right? And it's been about a week and I've been meaning to get, you know, get that taken care of. But man, this brings me to like the, the peripherals of, 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 of your business or the peripherals of, of, of a decision that you make, you know, like those little small details and the maintenance issues that you got to prepare for. Um, you have to make time for those things. And, you know, that's the next thing on the agenda is that I got to get someone to fix that bill collector because, you know, if it's not easy for you to put dollars in, uh, they're not going to make the bread. They're not going to make the bread. You know what I mean? And um, I want them to be able to uh, do well. And I want, you know, I don't want it to be where people are inconvenienced not being able to put their dollars in. So, you know, that little small thing is as little as, you know, a cash acceptor and a vending machine drops their, their the amount that they make, you know, by about like 35%. You know, think about it. People have dollars. They don't have coin, um, coins on them, you know. Um, but, um, my voice is starting to go out and I don't want to keep coughing and do anything like that on this podcast. Um, thank you for bearing with me. I really do appreciate you. If you do have any questions for me, please send them my way. And also, um, if you know anybody who might benefit, you know, uh, to this podcast, I really appreciate, you know, you, if you, um, share with a friend, you know, recommend it to somebody, you know, leave a review, anything just to, you know, help support, you know, um, uh, this is something I truly enjoy. I'm glad I'm be you know, able to be here with you all every single week, uh, providing you with some fresh new content on what's going on in the mind of Michael Agbajan. And I look to do better, you know, um, but I hope that, you know, not only my voice, I hope it didn't, you know, I hope it didn't affect this uh, episode 007 because I'm, I gave it my all, you know what I mean? And um, I look forward, you know, to seeing you next week and to uh, speaking with you. And just remember that no matter what, that I love you. See you later. Bye.
As a last note, if you're ever looking to gain confidence, what you must do is to keep trying and never stop.